friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about how rest makes you a better painter with my very special guest, Nicole Baker. Nicole is a coach who helps high achievers ditch perfectionism, cut the hassle, and start achieving goals with fun and fulfillment. I've been using Nicole as my coach for the past seven months or so, and she's helped me regain my relationship with rest. She's helped me learn how to set big goals, and then also make a plan to achieve them. And she's taught me why I procrastinate and how to set better boundaries when it comes to my time. Nicole and I talked about many, many things today. If you're interested in learning about why you have imposter syndrome, about why you procrastinate, about why social media is actually like a drug, keep listening because this is a really good episode. Nicole, can I tell you a secret? Oh my god, please. (laughs) Before I met you, I did not think I was a perfectionist. Can I tell you a secret? What? That's not the first time I've heard that. (laughs) So Nicole has this like cute little quiz on her website that's like, what kind of perfectionist are you? And I was like, I don't need to take this quiz. (laughs) I don't. But then then I was curious and I was like, okay, well, I got to take the quiz. And it's like do you uh, have a to-do list and how do you use it? And it's like, well, if I don't get everything done in my day, I'm the worst. <laughs> and that was the option I picked. <laughs> and I it's bet. like, <laughs> and it's terrible because I was like, oh, yep, yeah, that's that's me. I, I sure am a perfectionist. So can I guess what your outcome, your, your oh, type yeah. was? Yeah. Overachiever, right? You nailed it. You, you nailed I it. <laughs> it's so good. So I took that quiz and I was like, Nicole knows the truth. And now I need to know more. So I met you when you were doing a Pursuing Imperfections group class with Brittany Torres Mm -hmm. in November of 2021. And I didn't really know who you were. I wasn't aware of your podcast or anything, um, which y'all, she has a great podcast and you should listen to it. It's very good. We talked about being imperfect, which is a really tough thing for me in my life. And having any sense of imperfection at all in my work in my like how I performed or even like and perceived was like a huge mental block for me and in my art career and in the pursuing imperfection seminar you taught us visualization you taught us about limiting beliefs and so I was like I gotta get Nicole on the podcast <laughs> because I feel like for artists we don't talk about these things very much we're like let's talk about paint and brushes and how to be social media marketers, but we don't talk about how to take a break, what our limiting beliefs are, why we have imposter syndrome, etc. Yeah. So that's why I got you today. Oh my gosh. And I, I want to piggyback on that real quick, because one of the things I was talking about with Brittany before, while I was kind of like presenting like, hey, here's the main core things I want to talk about. She's like, whoa, like, this is just not at all what I thought you'd be discussing. And I was like, I don't like the surface level BS that there is on perfectionism. Mm -hmm. There's so much just like, just drop your high expectations. Um, When those are so ingrained in you, you can't just drop them at the drop of a hat. Like to really get down to the root of it. I always like use this metaphor of an onion to get down to the root of it is to get down to the core of the onion. The core of the onion is always without fail no matter what your struggle is, whether it's imposter syndrome, perfectionism, anxiety, like it is so often limiting beliefs, obviously, unless there's like a chemical imbalance going on. But I really wanted to cut to the core of it because 
I don't want to waste your time. I didn't want to waste my time. Right. And more importantly, I didn't want to give you tools that didn't work. And so I, I think it's really important when people are looking at, how do I cure my imposter syndrome? How do I cure my perfectionism? You don't just go to one of the layers of the onion that's like, oh, show up online and just get used to it. <laughs> like, you know, right? you don't go to one of the layers of the onion that's that's a cause. You go to the true root of it, which is that limiting beliefs. So I I just wanted to step on a soapbox. <laughs> it's great. That. It's great. For for people who haven't ever heard of the words limiting beliefs, can you define that for me? Sure thing. So we all have this programming in our subconscious mind. And before we get super fancy, all that means is like we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Our conscious mind is the one who's like, I'm here with Stephanie. I am saying words. I am very present in this mm. moment. I'm very aware of what's happening. However, the subconscious mind is pulling all the strings in the background. They're the ones who are looking at the model of the world that we have presented right in front of our face. And based off what we have told it to believe or what we have learned from growing up in uh, family and religion and society and school systems, what we've been told to believe shapes the entire model of our world. There's been so many studies. I'm a big neuroscience nerd. Um, there's been so many neuroscience studies around how your subconscious mind, if it was told over and over again, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, which by the way is a limiting belief. And it's the core one that most every single walking human being on this planet has. We might just call it a little something different. If I'm saying over and over again, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, my subconscious mind is going to totally warp how I view the world based off of I'm not enough. It's going to see instances so much clearer where I wasn't perfect or I wasn't mm -hmm. a 10 out of 10 or where I failed heavy air quotes or where I stumbled on a word, but the rest of my speech was totally perfect. It's going to zero in on those little moments because I'm not enough is so at the forefront. Flip it to let's just do the polar opposite. I am enough. Mm -hmm. That person is going to view the model of the world as oh my gosh, there's this opportunity. You know what? I don't have the, the skills yet, but I can get them. Let's go after it. Like it's going to look at the model of the world very, very from a um, opportunistic lifestyle. And the really cool thing is before you're like, oh crap, I'm screwed. I'm, I'm, the, I'm not <laughs> enough one. I'm broken. Everything's over and I'm dying. That's not the case whatsoever. Thanks to this beautiful little tool called neuroplasticity, which basically just means our brain is Play-Doh. We get to shape and reshape and reshape and reshape our mind. Now, as adults, though, it just takes more conditioning, but it doesn't mean it's impossible by any means. And in fact, I was sharing this in Get Productive. If you make a new neural pathway, just basically a new belief system in your brain, it will take about 800 repetitions of that new belief system to become in the subconscious mind, basically on autopilot. That's a lot. It's a lot. However, before everyone's like, oh my God, why did I turn on this podcast? Like, this is suppressing. However, if we are in a high emotional state, joy, fun, love, fulfillment, flip side, anxiety, depression, like really, really heightened emotional states, whether that's on a, this is really um, black and white, but whether it's on a good or a bad side, it's in a high emotional state, it takes anywhere between 15 to 18 repetitions, not 800, mm. 15 to 18 repetitions. Wow, that's much so better. when people are like, okay, like, I don't understand why my new belief isn't working. I'm saying I'm, I'm enough over and over and over again. And I'm like, how are you saying it? And they go, I am enough. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's why if you jump up and down, if you get your heart pumping, if you, I always say 
Patrick star it out um like on Spongebob Squarepants like <laughs> literally just like star like put your body in the star pose and like stare up at the ceiling and go I am enough <laughs> your brain's gonna listen and again it's at 18 versus 800 repetitions that's so good. That's so good. I feel like a lot of limiting beliefs that artists have are my work isn't good enough. Why should I do it if other people do it better? And um, wh- why even try to go for those goals? Because my I'm not I'm not even kind of there yet, right? And I feel like those yes. I I had every single one of those by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and was that a past tense I heard though? Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely yes! don't believe that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good to work through these and. And recognize which ones you do have with artists. Can I ask you? Oh, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Oh, I know me. I'm not the interviewer right now, but That's I'm very answer. curious. How is your life and your business different when you had those beliefs versus now when you don't have those beliefs? Oh, my gosh. Like, it's so different. It's so it's so much easier to be a human that's alive <laughs> when it's separated. Because when yes. you... It's not just like I'm thinking... In the past, I was thinking, like, my artwork isn't good enough. It was also, I'm not good enough for this relationship I'm in. It was, I'm not good enough to get straight A's at school. Um, like, it it creeps into every other part of your life. And you don't you don't realize it until you've made a pretty significant change in your thinking. Oh, right? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> That's just so exciting. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it feels good. So recently, I, I finished your Get Productive, which was a six-weeks course. That, are you, are you going to have it again? Are you going to do this I again? I'm going to have it again. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. been asked numerous times that um, from people who both were in it and people who were not in it this round. And so I'm looking at possibly a January relaunch of that. So heck yeah. Know. Heck yeah. <laughs> Y'all have heard previously, I did an episode on the first four weeks of Get Productive, which was very, wow, I... Like, it's really good and it's really heavy and you have to, like, really process a lot. I'm still thinking about lessons from, like, week two where I'm like, okay, I did, like, the surface level of week two. And I'm going back and I'm, like, <laughs> diving even deeper up the week two. <laughs> and it's it's really quite honestly transformed the way I think about rest more specifically and also about how I can reach my big goals. For example, like, recently I got this comment on, on Twitch when I was streaming and they were like... I really want to make a, like, be in a museum someday. And I want to have, like, a really big thing like that. But they were like, that goal seems really far off, and I don't feel qualified to be that person yet. How do you reach for a goal that big? And I was, like, thinking to myself, I was like, wait, we covered this and get productive. <laughs> we covered this about, like, when you have an audacious goal that's just so big that it, like, consumes you, and you're like, I don't even know how to start to become that person that goes for that. And learning how to, like, break it down into you're like, well, my one sitting task today (laughs) to becoming a person that's in a museum is to, you know, practice this one specific thing that's going to make my art better that just like, like, it it like wheels and like turns and snowballs. That's the word I was going for, (laughs) which then becomes getting into museum, which is the coolest goal ever. Um, I don't remember how I answered that person, but I'm beaming with pride right now. tell you like that is not only creating this course because this was the first time I ever made this Mm -hmm. program and yet in my four years of coaching this has been the number one most common struggle of people I've talked to and it was one of those where I was just like I I I always had it in the back of my head Mm -hmm. but it wasn't at the forefront yet and just something in me snapped one day where I was just like what if I just made this and then it was just like 
like every I like made a word document that was like nine pages long in one setting. I was like, I need to stand up and go outside. Like this was a lot. Um, but the main thread of that nine page document was I want people to know that rest and goal setting are so hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I want people to know how to take those big, bad goals, those big, beautiful, audacious goals that they have and be able to chunk them down and know that they can also rest at the same time and still go after them. And like the fact hearing that from you, I'm just like, oh my God, mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Like it worked. Um, So I can't tell you what that means to me, like and how full circle that feels. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I really liked your, your program. And I feel like when I came into it, I was struggling with rest the most. Mm -hmm. And I, I see this from artists a lot. I actually pretend like I'm a new client. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for this? You ready for this? This is, this is things people have asked me, but it's also like me in the past have asked this where I'm like, I feel like I can't take a break from my artwork or else I'll file behind. Yeah. And I can't, and like when I take the break, I feel like I'm gonna have to work twice as hard after to get back into my current rhythm. That was, that was a belief I had. How would you answer that? I use this quote literally all the time to the point where I actually, I'm not an artist, but I painted it on a canvas and it's going up in my new office. <laughs> Life is mastering the art of when to speed up and when to slow down. Mm. We look at things in such a black and white way. I either have to be flooring in on the gas or I slow down and I become a lazy piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And that is really the the dichotomy of it. And so often, especially when we're very highly ambitious people, we tend to floor it on the gas for so long that it becomes so comfortable that slowing down is beyond out of our comfort zone. Yeah. It like does not compute with our identity as a human being. If I rest, then I'm not an overachiever anymore. And let's be real, because I'm also an overachiever. Mm-hmm. We hold ourselves a little on a pedestal for that overachiever title. Totally. <laughs> it's very high up there in the like. I like, I've worked hard for this. I've done. And when we slow down it, like, I I want people to understand that it's not just like, oh, like you just don't know how to slow down or you just don't know how to rest. It is literally such a, like your brain will fire off in a way that I'm going to back up a few steps because I think this is important to note. When we're talking about the comfort zone and out of the comfort zone, we really need to go back to like the good old fashioned cave days where we were in tribes and we were, you know, slaying saber toothed tigers for dinner that night. The comfort zone was being a part of the tribe. It was being on the campsite. It was walking in packs. It was survival out of the comfort zone was, oh my God, there's a black bear staring me in the face and I am going to die. And while we have a society has really, really progressed, our brains have not change that much. So we still view, going back to the speed up and slow down example, we can still view speed up as safe, survival. I know I'm not going to die if I'm constantly working, but slow down, while we might logically know we're not going to die, our brain will still fire off in the same way that will threaten our survival. Hmm. It's a little dramatic, but it's our brain. It's how it's programmed. And so I want people to know that it's not just like, oh, like, I just can't get myself to do it. Your brain literally is being threatened in survival. So it will make up stupid excuses like, but 
you know, Stacy on Instagram painted three new paintings that day and you really should get up with her and you need to go and like, blah, blah, blah. It will create excuses to get us back in the comfort zone. Mm. So how I would address, if you were a brand new client, how I would address this is first and foremost, get down to the root of what is it you're trying to run away from? What's the pain here? What's the pain with slowing down? Because odds are it's not just like, oh, if I slow down, then I slow down. It's if I slow down, I'm being viewed as, viewed as lazy and therefore unworthy by my friends and family. Yeah. Those are two very different statements. Yeah. So I would really get to the root of that first because we cannot change anything. Like I, I like to look at it like this and then I'll shut up, I promise. If we're in a garden and there's a bunch of weeds, if we just go into the garden and clip off the tops of the weeds, they're going to grow. They're yeah. going to continue growing back. If we go and rip the weeds out from root and stem, mm-hmm. those probably will not grow back we have space, a big empty hole to plant some flowers. If we do not get down to the root of why is this so painful for you, that is just clipping off the flowers. We get down to the root, we're ripping it out, root and stem. It's a great metaphor. It's <laughs> a really good answer. Yeah, for, my, for myself, back when I was feeling like I couldn't take a break um, because I couldn't slow down, I was, I was definitely comparing myself to other people. And I was definitely feeling like, all the momentum I had built would just dissipate, would just totally disappear. And that had definitely started from when I was like an athlete yeah. <laughs> in high school. And like, that's sort of like, you have to practice all the time or else you're going to fall, literally fall behind in like actual placements yes. <laughs> at like competitions and things. And I, so I had to like really look at that. And I was like, I'm not that person anymore. I don't have to do art like that art can be different it doesn't have to be trying to chase after something that's a you know a trophy in the distance (laughs) um yeah and it can be more more about the day-to-day instead of you know okay well you have this one big competition coming up no no it's not like that anymore anyways that's that's well yeah and i i I love that you bring up like the comparison factor of it because Mm -hmm. so often we'll be scrolling through a social media platform instagram tiktok whatever Mm -hmm. And we see 50 different people creating 50 different pieces of art, big canvases, small canvases, courses for how to learn how to canvas paint. Like Uh (laughs) we see these people putting out content, but what our brain says is, oh, I see 50 different people. You, Stephanie, as one person have to create 50 pieces of content to keep up. Exactly. And it's just like this, like, like your heart just goes boop, 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 like, you know, it like it starts that urgency that we talk yeah. so much about get get productive. I I love social media. I think it's a great tool for business owners, especially, but so many people are letting social media use them and not using it as a tool on their business. When it is being when it is using you, you feel that comparison. You're sucked in. You're it's a time waster. And I I I don't say that like lightly I've I mm-hmm. literally uh one one week um there's a great book called everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo oh yeah and she has a um it, I think I had it on the resource uh-huh. page and you can get productive it's a fantastic book it's kick-ass title also <laughs> like so good but she talks about this exercise where it's like for one week you just write down everything you did in a day and like like as you're going through it and mm-hmm. what time you spent on it and I didn't do a whole week because to be honest, that was a lot of brain power. Sounds I like made it through like maybe three days. <laughs> like, <laughs> but after three days, I realized 
I can't remember the exact number, but it was astronomical how much time was just spent mindlessly scrolling through social media. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can be using that time to either use that 20% and really go after my goals. I can do the big scary stuff that really scares the bejesus out of me. And or I can use that time to actually rest mm-hmm. because I'm not resting when I'm scrolling through social media. And resting is just as important to me as every other aspect of the goal setting journey. Because if I'm depleted, I can't continue my goals. So I view it very much as a piece of the puzzle. I set like a bunch of time limits. I like <laughs> put like limits as to like when I can access them, like between 9 and 7 a.m. I cannot touch my uh, social media apps, and actually my mail and a lot of things on my phone. Oh. Um, but, and it, it was life-changing. Now you have to have the discipline to not override it, which I'm a human being, sometimes I, I do. But um, just that alone helped bring that number down so much. And I noticed a huge change, not only in my energy from resting more, but also from just my overall quality of life. I wasn't comparing myself as much to other people. And I was like, huh, I wonder why. And I'm like, oh, you're not staring at an app that literally tells you to compare yourself to other people for four hours a day. Yes. So it, I, I really urge people to, I know it's challenging, but what you're doing is currently not working. Mm-hmm. So try something different. And I just recommend maybe stepping off the app a little bit and doing a reset. You can still use the app, but just stop letting it use, use you. I think a lot of people, it wouldn't even occur to them to stop using social media as the answer to that problem. Um, just because it's such a, it's such an attention grabber and it's so good at what it does, which is yeah, like make you be on it. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's really tough. I, addictions I to know, social media are, in, are intense. I saw, oh my gosh, I can't remember what the addiction comparison was to, but it was like, it was some like brain scan of like people's dopamine levels on Instagram and people's dopamine levels on some drug. I apologize. Can't remember the name of the drug. It was a highly addictive one though. And it was like the same lit upness. What? And I'm like, that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> like that, that terrified me. But also like, I, I really recommend, especially people, I don't know about Samsung or pixels or whatever, but if you have an iPhone, go to your settings and go to screen time and just start setting some limits. I have a 30 minute limit on social media. And there are some days that I hit it before like 9 a.m. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, I don't like that. Um, but there's some days I don't hit it at all. And I'm like, wow, like, that's awesome. But especially if you're a business owner, I would also recommend using um, specifically Instagram. I don't know if TikTok would work this way, mm. but uh, Instagram on your laptop only. Um, and it just kind of makes it more like, oh, this is for my business rather than like, this is easy to get sucked into. It's really good. I have a, a Pixel phone and I do have, I downloaded a specific app that tells you about your screen time. Um, just for that reason. And I was like, I need to know the first, like it it did like a little backlog. (laughs) It's like, well, you were on your phone like six hours this day. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) oh no, (laughs) help. (laughs) 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 And now I can like bring it down to like an hour and a half, like throughout the day, which is great. For, for my life. I know yeah. you like you film as you go throughout the day, right? Oh, yeah. Like you do some I think that's like that's amazing that you brought it down that much. Incredible. Yeah. Um it's it's very good. It's very good for your brain. It's very good for your mind. Um and it's also it's good for like your relationships of like whoever's around you in your house. That's it's perfect. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
I have another question that someone has asked me. So basically for like the last two weeks, I've been asking people to ask me questions to ask you. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm like, what would you ask a perfectionist coach? <laughs> okay. So this person says, I always wait till the last minute to finish a painting before a deadline. And it's not necessarily that I have packed days before and I don't have the time to do it earlier. I've done this since high school with papers. Why do I do this sort of procrastinating? So a lot of people are externally motivated, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a really cool, talk about personality quiz. Um, there's a really cool framework called Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend this person and anyone else. Go take the quiz. It's free. It's really interesting. But um, people who tend to be externally motivated by bosses, deadlines, peers, partners, stuff like that, are typically called obligers. When it comes to goal setting, however, I think it's really important to not just have one external deadline. So for instance, for this person, if the painting is due on, I'm, I'm going to make up really easy numbers. I know this is not a realistic <laughs> timeline, but if the painting is due on Friday, mm -hmm. I would say, rather than just say, okay, that is my only due date. I would chunk it down into what I call milestone goals. Mm. So maybe it's outline is due or like the sketch outline is due Monday. The filling in, again, I'm like not the background, <laughs> the background <laughs> is due Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, like maybe the shading is Thursday and then the final is Friday. So I would just, I would break it down into smaller goals. That way, A, you have that external motivation. You have that external down, down, downline deadline but it's not the like sprint to the finish line it's like little goal posts mm. almost throughout the way and that tends to trick our brain into those like bursts of motivation that don't stress us the hell out and procrastinate like that that's really good i <laughs> i've definitely watched this person on on instagram often and they're always doing this <laughs> So when they asked this question, I was like, wow, look at you for like asking this. This is good. Um, and I would also urge this person, feel free to reach out to me and let's <laughs> chat. <laughs> like, I would love to talk about this because this is a hard habit to break. It's really challenging. It's tough. Yeah, they've, they've done this sort of thing for every show. They're like in the studio late and then they're like on Instagram bragging about being in the studio late. And I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> person I hit me up I want a sustainable sustainable work schedule for you it's it's possible as an artist I think that's like a great segue having a sustainable work schedule as an artist I feel like a lot of people who aren't artists think about artists as this like sort of magical thing and inspiration hits you and then you're suddenly painting but it's it's not it's way more systematic than that it's like you yeah. do the work the artwork <laughs> just on a consistent basis but a lot of young artists I meet um or even emerging artists are like I just I don't paint until inspiration hits me and I'm like but what if you had a system as a professional I work you know not nine to five hours but 24 hours a day mm -hmm. <laughs> painting <Yep. laughs> but it's I do try to break it down into like okay I have like a morning schedule, which is like, I work on my emails and stuff. And then in the evenings I work on, or afternoons, I work on my painting work and having a, a scheduled system like that is really life-saving. Yes. Would recommend it. And I would, I would really recommend based off of what you were just saying, um, people who tend to be fresher in the morning, I call these, um, not necessarily morning centric, but prime hours. Oh, prime hours. There are a chunk of two to four hours a day that are, 
that we're more on. We're at art. We're just more focused. It's easier for us to find something called flow state. It's just like, we just tend to be more like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, this is me. Like, I'm able to do like really challenging things and like get out of my comfort zone easier and stuff like that. So everyone has these prime hours, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't know when theirs are. Um, When's yours? Typically not. Mine are, mine are weird. They're like seven to 10. AM? AM. AM. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm like, I'm up at six, like every morning and um, I like to have like about an hour to like do some journaling, have some coffee, talk to my partner, just get like ooh, fresh eyed and bushy tailed. Um, but then after about seven o'clock, I'm like, okay, this, like, I really like to do that. Now, granted, I also end my days between noon and three. Like I, I end my days really early. So it's just like, you, like what? <laughs> um, th those are days that I'm not coaching. Those are days that I tend to do more back. Like for instance, today I'm done right after this call that we have. But I also started working and did like a lot of that heads down work earlier. So I would recommend for people who tend to be more morning thinkers or morning prime hourers, it doesn't have to be seven, it can be 10 to one or 10 to nine to noon, whatever. Do the heavier, more focus heavy stuff in the morning. So for instance, for you, like the emails, the back end work, the stuff that tends to be like, okay, time to put my business owner hat on, like, let's do this. That's how I do it. Yeah. It, it, does take a lot more brain power mm -hmm. for us, right? Um, so I'd really recommend doing that during the hours of the day that you're more on. And the things that are easier to find creativity flow or the things that are like more um, free flowing or things that don't really require a lot of heads down concentration, do those in the opposite time, in the afternoon, for example, if you're a morning thinker. Now you could be a night person or a few people who are like, my prime hours are between um, 8 p.m. and midnight and I'm like good for you <laughs> that's amazing to me um so for them maybe sleeping in and having like kind of a slower morning doing some of the easier stuff in the morning and some of the more focus heavy stuff in the afternoon I always say personal development is personal and that is no exception to this kind of stuff but I would really recommend for people like you're saying with systematizing it start thinking about it as to what will work the easiest with my brain and stop trying to work against it. Because honestly, that's where a lot of our problems <laughs> stem from yeah. as perfectionists is trying to work against our natural systems, mm -hmm. which are personalized. My prime hours are approximately 9 to noon, um, 9 a.m. to noon. And I definitely plan all of my uh, what I call admin hours when working on websites or doing social media or emails or blah, blah, blah. Anything that's really not painting and on a computer those that goes in that time and it's made my life so much better I now only paint in the afternoons usually and it's usually for about two to three hours at a time and it's it's great it's I love it it's so nice I love it I I also saw like an improvement on the quality of the paintings I was making I, the quality of like the communication I was doing during my prime hours just everything got better so if you're struggling with like schedules or time I would really recommend looking into what are your prime hours? Can you like categorize your to-do list in ways that make sense and yes. spread them out? <laughs> I think I even have an entire podcast episode devoted to prime hours. Oh, do you? So I, I, I think so. We'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've talked about it so much on it. Um, so if you want to just Google Life Coach Baker podcast prime hours, I think that there's an episode on it if you want to deeper dive on this stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, this is so good. God, I hope I have an episode now. <laughs> if you don't have one. Like questioning everything. You'll make one. 
<laughs> I make I make one. I will. <laughs> Can you tell me what happens during like a one-on-one coaching session with you? Because I know you offer those. I do. So it really depends. I have different categories of them. So for mm-hmm. instance, if someone's doing like a, you are my coaching client, we have that hour long call just devoted to us. We typically do a check-in on how things are going with the goals and just kind of getting a flavor as to how the last two weeks have been. Cause I do bi-weekly, I do bi-weekly calls. And after that, it typically becomes very clear as to what needs some either troubleshooting or what needs some TLC that day. Mm-hmm. So for example, if someone is talking about like, you know what, I, I was working on this part of my goal and someone else needed my attention and I immediately dropped everything and went straight to them. Then it's like, okay, I know that part of the, the call, this call of the day needs to be focused on people pleasing. Mm-hmm. It needs to be focused on how do we break these patterns? How do we still from a place of absolute love and admiration for people that we love in our lives, how do we put ourselves first and put our goals and our personal growth and development first? If someone is like, I didn't do jack shit. I just did not touch any of my goal stuff. Then it's really getting down to the nitty gritty of procrastination, which tends to be linked with overwhelm. I don't Mm -hmm. really believe in the word procrastination, even though I have a lot of content and I'm actually creating a course right now, all devoted to procrastination. Oh, cool. But um, it is... It's really just a flavor of overwhelm that we've labeled procrastination. Mm. So um, I would do a lot of devotion devotion to that. So my whole background is in neurolinguistic programming and goal setting science. So I really marry a lot of like that neurolinguistics, how our brain talks to itself, how it talks to um, our neural pathways to cultivate certain responses. For example, people pleasing or procrastinating or stuff like that. So. Um, it's really a free for all, and that kind of makes it exciting. I, I used to terrify the crap out of me when I first coached because I was like, I would have like four or five different exercises prepared, like just in case. And I was just like, I always threw them out the window because it was just whatever the person needed that day. Yeah. And it hasn't changed. My confidence has just totally changed with it. Um, but when they're a client of mine, that tends to be the the factor of it. When we're doing something like a discovery call or someone's like, hey, like I'm interested in coaching with you, but I haven't bitten the bullet yet and I just want to get a flavor for it. It's instead of an hour, it's 30 minutes of just us diving into what are your goals? What's hurting you right now? And how can we create at least one action step for you? So whether you sign on as a client or not from this call, you know what to do next. Mm. And I don't see a lot of other coaches do that. And to be honest, I think that's, sad. I think that a lot more of this industry should be um, really just kind of giving people a flavor of like, here's what it's like coaching with me. Mm -hmm. Like take it or leave it. But I want to make sure you know what to do next. Cause it's not my decision whether or not you purchase my program and do this like whole in-depth one-on-one immersive experience with me. It is your decision. And I want to make sure you know how to make the best one. And in order for you to do that, you need to know what it's like to coach with me. Yeah. So I do those. And those are free 30-minute calls. You can find them on my website, which is like coachbaker.com. But um, so I, I I know that's a very broad <laughs> answer to your question, but it tends to be a very broad and wide range of answers for sure. For sure. I've done one of your discovery calls before, and we worked on some visualization exercises that I still use to this day, even yes, after like good. paying you for courses and stuff like that. I'm just like, these are, these are great. So if you are someone who's like, I need help with imposter syndrome, I need help with procrastination. And you're like, I just want to chat with somebody. Nicole is always ready to talk. <laughs> oh, 
that means a lot. Thank you. And that, I love that you still use them. Like mm-hmm. that is, that is the goal. And that just, oh, that just like the biggest hug. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. What are some of your upcoming like events or courses or classes or what do you got coming up next? So I am always enrolling in my one-on-one coaching programs and my Mm -hmm. private intensives. So private intensives is just a six-week version of my three-month coaching program. And that's that really in-depth. Even if I don't have any spots open, I'll still have like a wait list open and stuff like that. Um, But that's ever going. So if you're interested in that, I'd go to my website and sign up for a discovery call. That would be the first step. When it comes to courses, however, so I'm right now... We're recording this in August. So I'm right now doing a version of my Goal Smasher course, but it's a live group program and I'm actually revamping the course on the back end. So it's basically for anyone who has been procrastinating on their goals. They feel overwhelmed. They have so many things they want to go after, but they can't seem to break into action Mm -hmm. and they're frustrated. I know, I know a lot of people who hop on discovery calls with me and they're like, I have so many things I want to do and yet I haven't done any of them. And Mm -hmm. that makes me so sad. So it's re- this course is really all about debunking that attitude, stepping into my step-by-step technique, which is the Goal Smasher technique. And the way we're really revamping it is the Goal Smasher mindset, because I realized that was what was missing it from it from the first set of the course. So that's that's all that's going on. But I know you mentioned that we're this is launching in September. Yes. So in September, I'm actually doing a different live um group event, uh, four other coaches and I are teaming up together to do a basically like whole day event of how to start and scale a business. Um, I'm the mindset aspect, but we have people who are email marketing gurus. Like she's helped 140 plus companies email market, like the crap out of their wow. systems. We have a systems operator. We have a, um, uh, marketing expert and also uh, energetics expert. I think we're also having a social media expert come in. Um, so just like a lot of different elements of your business are going to be tackled in that day. Um, I don't know the name and I have no idea what the website title is yet. <laughs> We're working on that actually on Friday, but I would just go to, um, my Instagram page. Cause at this time I'll probably be, um, promoting the crap out of it, which by the way, my Instagram is at life coach Baker. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That sounds really fun. And I will probably sign up for it, even though I've already started a business. <laughs> that's one. Of, that's one of the things we were talking about. It's like, It's for people who have started and who are like in that, like, how do I get to the next level? Mm -hmm. And, or for the people who are like, I really have this business idea, but where the hell do I start? So it's kind of that like beginner intermediate level. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. All right. So people can find you on your website, lifecoachbaker.com. Excellent. And then you just, can you say your Instagram handle again? Absolutely. I talk really fast. My Instagram handle is life coach Baker. Basically, if you go across any platform, podcast, website, Instagram, TikTok, it's life coach Baker all across the board. Heck yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out with me today and talking about perfectionism and resting and oh, we covered so many things today. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Any like I'm, We said this right before I started recording, but any chance to talk to you is just like such a gift. I enjoy your energy. I enjoy your, like, I, no bullshit. Like you just, you are just such a delightful human being. And I'm so happy our paths have crossed. Thank you. (laughs) I had so much fun chatting with Nicole this morning. She has really transformed my life. All the work I do with her has given me better boundaries about resting and working, has let me approach my art business in a way that's healthy, that creates more time and lets me do more things 
which is amazing. <laughs> if you are interested in working with Nicole or you're like, I really liked listening to her. She's got her own podcast, Life Coach Baker podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, The Works. You should check it out. She has some really interesting episodes. If you want to work with her directly, I would highly recommend going to her website, taking the free what kind of perfectionist are you quiz, and uh, maybe joining a class, setting up for a discovery call, joining one of her webinars. Look, she does good stuff and you should check it out. <laughs> Everything we mentioned in the episode today will be linked in the show notes, including Nicole's what kind of perfectionist are you quiz and Gretchen Rubin's four tendency quiz, which they're kind of fun. I like doing for personality quizzes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and I hope y'all make some good choices today. Till next time. Bye.